when our older son was about nine years old, we were, of all places, Walmart. So at Walmart and um, checking out in the checkout line. And I noticed that he was sitting at the end. They had this long bench and he was sitting very quietly in deep thought, contemplating. And his face had a look of, to me, concern. There were a lot of things concerning and unusual about that because by nature, this was not the child who sat. He was usually the one who was moving around, doing all kinds of things, and normally the wanderer. So the fact that he was in place and even near where I could see him was concerning. Sounds strange, right? And the fact that he was sitting and contemplating for just that length of time made me get out of the checkout line and go over to him. And I was like, what's the matter? Did you get hurt? Because remember, this is the child who never stopped moving, jumping, hopping, skipping, experimenting, trying things out. We're in Walmart, so you may as well have been at, you know, mini Disney World. And so he said, no. I said, did anyone hurt you? Something happened? You fell? Um, had an argument with your brother? He said, no. He said, mommy, I'm just thinking. It's like, hmm. So I said, what are you thinking about? And he said, I was thinking about how much God loves us. He said, God really loves us, right? And the thing about head knowledge, I just kind of said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that God really loves you. God loves us. And I turned to walk away and then I went back and I didn't really get too far. I mean, I was in the checkout line, not a couple of, not quite even, you know, two feet away from him. And well, just a couple of feet away from him. And I said, what made you think about that? Why are you thinking about that? What's going on? And he said, I was just thinking that God must really love us because he wants to spend eternity with us. And he said, for someone to want to spend eternity, and yes, he was nine, he said, that's forever. They must really, really love you. God must really love us. And I looked at him. This was my mischievous, constantly moving child. And I looked at him again. And I knew at that point, the Bible says, out of the mouth of babes. And I was like, wow. I said, you know what? I've never, ever thought about that before. And I stopped for a few minutes and I said, I guess he really does. So when we ended last, my friend, I ended by saying, is there reincarnation? Can we talk to the dead? Do we get to come back for a second chance, which is reincarnation? Where can we find the answers to these questions? Because they do come up. They come up in our minds, our hearts, in stories that people tell us. And where do we go to find the absolute truth so that we're not basing what we know or basing our eternal hope on old wives' tales, on suppositions, 
even on people who call themselves holy or having an experience with God. Where do we go to find this out? I'm so happy you asked me. Welcome, friend. Welcome, distant DNA cousin. I'm honored that you've chosen to come and have a chat with me. Today, I would like to welcome you to a place for joy. And I am really, really hoping that our friends have come over from my platform, my audio platform, Life and Faith Chats. They've always been a part of us. I have invited them to come and join us. So if you're here, a special welcome to you, to all subscribers, and to anyone who have chosen to spend this time with me, welcome. For my people who were or are still on, you haven't left yet, you're a little bit hesitant on Life and Faith Chats, or maybe you can't find me, it is a place, the number four, joy, a place for joy on YouTube. And I have to ask you a special favor, all of you who listen, even if you just stop by, please, please help me. Um, several people have been kind enough to reach out to tell me that they either wondered if I had stopped posting and doing my YouTube videos or doing episodes, and they said, we're not notified. But the way you can be informed is by pressing that notification bell. I still have a cousin, distant DNA cousin, who is like, I saw the bell, but I didn't know I had to press it. And I saw subscribe, but I don't want to pay. It's free. Please, please press the bell and you can go ahead and subscribe if you want to. That blesses me. If you choose not to and you just listen, thank you. I'm grateful, but please press the bell so that you know. Just, it's right there when you pull it up. However you look at it, just kind of press that bell so that alerts you when I post another episode, okay? That being said, let's get started. Um, we have been talking about Lazarus and the rich man, or the rich man and Lazarus. We've remained in this parable. I started off with a very critical piece because there's some overarching themes that go with these parables, which connect to every story and lesson in the Bible. And one of them is that for some reason, God has chosen in his sovereignty to love us. The Bible tells us that God is love. And I'm not going to pretend that I understand that because we're talking about perfect, complete, steadfast love, taking all of that from the Bible. And he has chosen to create us to be his children, not objects, but to be his children that he lavishes his love on. He didn't want us separated from him. So he's chosen a way that even when we choose to get away from him on a regular basis, hands up, he chooses to bring us back. 
That being said, that's why I share that very precious story because I really believe it was a revelation of God talking through a child. He doesn't need us. He chooses to love us. Do I understand it? No. Do I need to accept it in faith like you? Yes. Is that an area I struggle in? Yes. But God loves us. God loves me. God loves you. Now, how does this connect with death? In the rich man and Lazarus, I went back and I looked at it and I was like, wow. And I am going to answer your questions, by the way, because even if you didn't ask, I know you were thinking about it because I do. So when I went back, I was like, wow. When he spoke with Abraham while he was in hell or Hades, it's interesting that one of the responses, and do check this out, Abraham, Father Abraham said to him, because that's how the parable refers to him, he said that you had everything you wanted while you were alive, and Lazarus had nothing. I also mentioned in past episodes, do check it out because there's an episode one, there's an episode two, there's an episode three, this is episode four. It comes together, so do make the time to check it out at your convenience, please. So we come back to this, there's compare and contrast that goes on. And this parable is being told by Jesus. So he said, Abraham says in the story, you had everything you wanted. And the Holy Spirit did a ding, 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 ding in my mind. And I'm thinking that's true with all of us. We pray for, we cultivate, we look for, we seek, we cry for things we really want. And the Bible says that none of us really seek after God. It's he that divinely seeks after us and draws us with his bands and cords of love. That's straight out of the Bible, that it is God who chooses to love us. It's God who loves us first. Now, when we reject this love and when we don't want any part of it, after many chances and choices, God respects us because he loves us. So then there's a place for people who don't choose him. That's what we do. I mean, except we do it in hard, callous ways, like forget you. God gives us chances and chances and chances. The thief on the cross, last minute, Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. What are all these different connections? The rich man in this life got what he wanted. God knows whether we want him or not, or whether we seek him, or whether we just say, you know, like the thief, I know I'm miserable, have mercy on me. Nobody can convince me it doesn't say that, but we know God. We know how good he is, that this man did not get a chance to ask God, remember me, remember me at some point. At some point, we all come to the reality that we are going to die. This man, even in his heyday, if he had one point, he could have said, Lord, have mercy on me. You know, all of this I'm doing, 
I still don't believe he was a bad person, but our actions don't get us because the Bible calls them filthy rags. It's us accepting the free gift of God. And I think, especially us as humans, when we have too much and every need is met, then we don't have the need for God. And that is a, that's a dangerous place to be. And unfortunately, is when we have nothing that that dire need, you know, like with Lazarus. It's interesting in that story, I have to bring this out, that it talks about how the rich man was buried. And when I was studying, it was shown that as a rich person, it was probably, probably many days and circumstances and professional mourners. And he got what he wanted. But in a split second, he was in eternity. In eternity, separated forever from his creator. And then you had Lazarus who had nothing. And in a split second, he was in eternity being comforted forever. Being comforted for all these ills. And the Bible commentary says that that comfort means more that when it talks about him resting his head, that that's what happened when feasts were taking place. He was being comforted. The Lord talks about the banquet table that he's preparing for us. The story showed me as I'm sharing from my study that this world is temporal. What we go through is temporal. It's like a school and we have to learn and it's never too late to learn to live in the light of eternity that there is more, that God has made a way for us. He's made a way. He says it's a narrow path because so few choose to choose it because it's not an easy path. But there is a way through the perfect sacrifice of his son for us to come back. He wants us back, for us to be comforted, for us to get to know God Almighty who created us, this perfect love that we long for, for us to pray in this life to want to want him and not want everything else besides him. I said all of that to get to this. How do I get to find out what the truth is? We have to. We have to base it on the eternal word of God. We have to base our truth on the one who says he is the way, the way, not a way, the truth, not a truth, the life. And that's by faith that we choose. If we start taking our opinions and experiences and that of others, then we're going right back to the garden where we question. And we've gone right back and agreed with the deceiver where we say, did God really say? If we go to the experiences of man and tales and different things and are like, yeah, but her great grandmother says she had a dream and she was doing this, then we're not using this as the authority. So according to the word of God, 
there are several things that I have to say and list and is a lot of scripture and I did not want to make this long, but there's no way to go around it. According to the word of God, according to the word of God, can you speak to the dead? The answer is yes. Does God want you speaking to the dead? The answer is you've got to come back. And I promise I'll upload the rest of this during the middle of the week. It is extremely important for you to know how God feels and what he says about this subject. Remember to turn your notification bell on. God loves you. Peace.